0: Welcome back to the Booncast. The Boon Podcast, that is. I'm Dan Levy, alongside with me, Silver Slugger, All-Star, Golden Glove. What more can I say? Ladies and gentlemen, Red Boon. Hi, Dan. How are you? Well, this is the first time you and I have ever done video together. And I know what you look like because you've been on television. You don't know what I look like. How much do I frighten you? be honest i how was, much dis- I, I, was I,
1: I, I was disappointed with the voice i figured you know would be this six five stallion coming out of oh, i'm seven
0: two i just you i just have exa- a look. Little... you
1: looked exactly like i had vision
0: well that's not what my mother said the first time she saw me <laughs> how you doing we got a lot going
1: on this week What do you got a lot going
0: on you? we want to thank everybody who uh came on and subscribed and listened to the first podcast this will be number two this time we're going video and again, if you want to go ahead and uh, reach out to the Boon man himself, he can be on Twitter at at the Boone 29. I can be reached on Twitter at base on air, B-A-S-S on air. Let's start it off, Brett. People want to know baseball. It's a weird season right now. It's a weird season. It's getting weirder. We start with the Mets. Yeah, I, where the most it, Mets thing could happen during a Mets season by a Mets player. Ioannis Cespedes. One of their, probably their star right now, probably one of the only bright spots, if you're a Mets fan, is the fact that this guy is still on the roster. Doesn't show up a day. Everybody gets worried. When they bust into his hotel room, the room is completely empty, and they just get a note from the agent saying, uh, he's opting out. What do you make of that? Well, that's a dick move. That's a
1: dick move. It's it's ridiculous. And, uh, Sassanis talented, talented guy. Um, you know, I had the chance when I, when I was in, uh, I worked for Oakland A's for a few years on the minor league side. And, uh, you know, I got to, I'd, I'd go over to the big league games once in a while, coach first base and I saw Cespedes and, and just watching him going, you know, I didn't know much about the guy, what a talented guy missed last year, you know, with a bizarre, bizarre tractor accident on his, <laughs> on his farm. Uh, you come this year. He looks good out of the gate. He's healthy for the first time in a while. And uh, you know, you don't show up for a game. I mean, that's first thing you think of in your mind is that drugs. That something you know, dead. God forbid, something dead. bad happened. You're thinking him. dead. Uh, no, no, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it to the house. Don't worry about it. teammates. Don't worry about it. You know, I didn't let you down. The organization. Uh, I I don't know what to say. It, it's a. Uh, <laughs> It's a testament to your, to your character as a man, I think, when, when you do so. I, I understand the, uh, the opting out. There's been a lot of players around Major League Baseball opting out and, and do it, doing it the correct way, you know, through their agent, wh- whatever avenue they seek uh, for family reasons, personal. Uh, that's each vi- individual player's uh, right and, and, and their choice. But to do it that way, uh, you know, pretty classless.
0: Booney, have you ever is this uh something that you've never heard of seen before is this something no, that seen, have you, you've heard you've read this script once before in a in a team situation
1: I've seen some bizarre things but usually there's something deeper going on you know and and I hope there's not um, if this is what it what it's what it looks like on on the surface and just blatant disregard for for other people i look at it from a player's standpoint disregarding your teammates uh, my time's more important than yours or i'll let you know when i feel like letting you know uh if you want to opt out there, there's there's a pecking order and what you do you you call your general manager you let them know you talk to your manager on the field mate probably your teammates before you do it uh to just get up and leave um i don't know
0: Tell Very me the story. Bizarre. Do you have a Very story bizarre. where that? Do you have a story where that may have happened with somebody you know, or you've no, been playing I, on a I, team and I, I you went? Re- what? I
1: the really f- don't. I, I really don't. And and if a teammate of mine, and throughout the years, uh, you know, there were several times where where a teammate, especially somebody that was in the lineup, it it comes five o'clock, and uh, you know, where's Joe or where's Johnny? I'm expecting it by now. Usually there's something behind it or there was a phone call made. It was a personal matter. You know, they got in touch with the organization, with the general manager, with the manager. Uh, but I never had somebody just not show up at the ballpark and then give this sort of explanation uh, a day later. So this I, I've never seen anything like it to just dismiss the season in the fashion that he did.
0: If you're a teammate. Of Joanna Cespedes, and you're a Mets, a Mets player, and even though most experts, including yourself, pick the Mets to pretty much do nothing, nothing this season, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? It's sixty games, sixteen teams can get into the actual postseason. There's a chance for us to do this and sneak past everybody in this sprint. And you're, and if everybody's on the same page, we're gonna do this and we're gonna shock the world. And then your star pulls a move. Of just opting out, no tell, no say, no see, no nothing. What does that do for you as a team? What does that do for morality? And where does that bring you in the locker room?
1: It de- it depends on the team. It depends on the team, uh, the character makeup of that team. You know, I've been on some teams that would handle something like this very professionally, move on, not be happy about it. Uh, and, and I want to give Giannis a, a, the benefit of the doubt. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe there's something really deep going on or, or real personal reasons for it. Maybe we don't, you know, us being out here as fans and, and not in the know and out on the, you know, on the ground floor with those guys, maybe there is something deeper to this. So I don't want to be too uh, harsh in, in critiquing him till I, till I hear exactly what came out. Um, that being said, I, You know, this season, and I see a lot of scenarios drawn. I see some excitement, some surprises out there. Um, I don't see any surprises coming for the Mets. And that being said, even the surprises, getting to the postseason, we talked about uh, 30 teams and 16 able to make it this year. In in the history of baseball, this is the easiest season to get to the postseason. Um, But at the same time, once you get to the postseason, I think they have three tiers of playoffs to get to the World Series. Right. And you're not going to be, uh, uh, oh, we got lucky. We are in the right place at the right time. We had a good 60 games. If you're not a quality team, you're not going to be able to get through those landmines in the postseason, series after series after series. Eventually, you're going to be exposed, if you're an average team, as being average. So I, I think because it's a short season, definitely there's going to be some people talking about how legitimate this is, how legitimate that is but as far as crowning the world series champion this year, I think it's going to be very legitimate because you're going to have to be a great team to get through that playoff scenario that they're setting up right now. Uh, and some of the early, early exciting teams for me right here, where I'm living in San Diego are the Padres, you know, there's been a lot of years for these Padre fans, um, not a, to, of, not a lot. Not a lot
0: to cheer for. Not a to cheer lot. A lot of
1: bleak years out here, and for the first time, you know, I've, I've been watching a few Padre games. This is exciting. They've got an actual legitimate young, talented staff. They got a good bullpen. Uh, Pomeratz came back and and uh, is doing a great job on the left side at the end of that bullpen. Uh, this lineup is young, mixed with some veterans, like a. Uh, Machado at third and Hosmer at first but you've got this dynamic young player at Tatis Jr. who I think has a has a chance to be a a super 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 superstar uh they're just young exciting they're off to a great start not to get ahead of myself they're not better than the Dodgers you know they may be playing as good as the Dodgers right now but I think uh they still have strides to make but this is a year I think for the Padres to break out I think we go over to the white sox I I think they're out of the gates pretty good. I was I was it? actually
0: I was actually gonna switch you up a minute just to be like in Chicago we're celebrating something else it has been years since both teams have been good at the same time it doesn't happen very often it doesn't happen very often for a lot of cities where two teams are playing in so in your mind when you're if you're you are if you are a baseball fan and you're watching things like the Cubs and the White Sox, do we have something to be happy about? Do we have something to look forward to? Well, the Cubs are, you know, the Cubs have
1: won the World Series a few years ago. They got a talented nucleus over there. They're off to a great start. Uh, The White Sox, I think, are going to be there for a while. And they haven't been there for a while, but I think they have a bright future going forward starting now. Uh, You look at we talked about in the, in the, right before the season started the blue Jays being an up and coming team, a lot of young talent. Well, we'll we'll see. That doesn't mean when I say up and coming could be exciting, could make a splash. That doesn't necessarily mean winning the world series. That means putting yourself on the map where you haven't been in a while. I think the blue Jays are another team like that, uh, up and down both leagues. There's, there's a few surprises and then there's the main stage, you know, the Yankees are, I think are as good as we thought as long as they can stay healthy. Um, the Dodgers have had some bumps in the road. They, you know, Kershaw missed a start, came back, made a, a strong start. Bueller, their number one, uh, you know, he's been knocked around a little bit for him, but but his stuff is so good, uh, he'll get it back together. Uh, that Dodgers adding Mookie Betts, uh, Humongous, and and they one. no one's gonna no one's gonna be able to. Uh, top the Dodgers over there in the West, not only the West, but in the national league period. I I still think it's a Dodger Yankee thing, but you're seeing a lot of scenarios starting to uh, unfold right now early on in the season. I think we're only 10 games in, we got Corona all over the place. We don't know who's going to test positive. Uh, Some teams are doing a better job than others, keeping it in-house and really taking this thing serious. I think for 60 games as a professional, as a big league player, Uh, It's different than we've ever seen before. And you've got to take this thing as serious as you possibly can and really be selfless and quarantine yourself. This isn't about uh, these guys. It's pretty much the protocol for how they're doing the testing. That's what's tough. It's not the, oh, are we getting sick? No, it's I have a test uh, when I go to the ballpark tomorrow, so I might not go out to dinner tonight to my normal favorite place in, in Kansas City. Uh, That's a choice you have to make 60 games, keep it in house. And um, the people that that take this thing really serious are going to stay healthy and COVID three, COVID free and make a clean run uh, and, and see their potential. They have in each individual roster.
0: Let's 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 scoot this back a bit. First and foremost, your brother coach, your brother is the manager of the New York Yankees. What has he been saying to you so far? Do you you communicate with him during the season? Or is it right now, all hands off deck, he's got 60 games to worry about, let's go? Or is he saying, my God, my team is looking good?
1: (laughs) No, you know, I I talk to Aaron uh, probably every week or two weeks. Uh, I kind of leave leave him alone, let him do his thing. Um, I, I don't think it really it's a big shock to anybody. I think, you know, I, I, as his brother to needle him. I always try to really parse through everything and try to find a weakness that, Hey, they could get, you know, the Rays could get you if you do this. But if the more I look up and down that roster, it's just, there's really no weak spots. And the fact that they, they're off to an eight and one start um, doesn't surprise me. That Yankee team, they bludgeon you and it's up and down that there is just not a, Break. The only the only team that can kind of rival them offensively is the Minnesota Twins, and and they're doing the same, much of the same, right now. I think they're seven and two, but it's just there's so much power, there's so much depth uh, that bullpen is so strong, and it's like everybody's coming out of that pen is six, five, 250, and throwing a hundred, and it never gives you a, a relief. You know, it's not all about velocity in the game of baseball, but as an opponent and and during my playing days. When they're coming out of the pennant, everybody's throwing 98. It starts to wear in your psyche after a while. And the Yankees, they have that weapon. And uh, like I said, at the top of that rotation, you still got the best pitcher in the world in Garrett Cole.
0: And that's always nice to have in your back pocket. The number number one ace in the entire league is a great thing. Um, How does your brother respond when you tell him there's weaknesses? Is he like, all right, I know it, I know it. Or is he kind of like, oh, that's a good call?
1: Well, it, because there really aren't any weaknesses. If you had to break down the Yankees right now, the only weakness and the question marks are probably in the starting rotation.
0: But as a brother, but, as a brother, is he going like, I got you, Smarty? Or actually, that's not a bad idea. I'm glad you pointed that out.
1: Well, let's remember that he's my younger brother, and and I'm a little wiser than he is. He may <laughs> think he is. So, no, I, I leave Aaron alone. He's very capable. Uh, he's done a great job so far in New York. Uh when we have conversations in the serious conversations, we, we, we hit each other with ideas. We just kind of, sometimes he'll call me just for advice. What do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Not Ah. necessarily that everything I say to him, he's going to, he's going to put into action, but but another,
0: another professional ear.
1: Yeah. It's just something to, to ping something off another guy. And, uh, Aaron and I have great debates. We agree on a lot of things in baseball, uh, but we also have our disagreements. Um, and it's not very often that he does. We'll have a phone call once in a while. I'll ask some questions. He'll ask me, hey, what do you think about this? Uh, I'll give my two cents, and sometimes he listens, and sometimes he doesn't. But I think it's just more him thinking through the process. They, <laughs> believe me, he doesn't need to call Big Brother. He's got plenty of capable people in New York, and uh, they're off to a great start, and, and they're doing a great job.
0: Brett, let me ask you this. Before the season gets unfolded, they 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 roll out the rules. They roll out what this is going to be, what this is going to look like. It's covid. We're trying to keep everybody safe. You as a player, of course, you want to provide for your family. Let's get that out of the way. There's money involved. But if you opt out, you can still make some money doing it. Is everything that is laid out for the players to do? Is this enough for that? You would have played or there's things that you'd have been like, you know what? I'm not sure this is uh, enough for me to put my body and my family through.
1: Uh, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. You know, COVID to me, it's no, I I mean, as long as I had a healthy family at home, I, I would quarantine myself from them for 60 days and, and play the game. I feel when I, when I sign with an organization, when I sign a contract, I have an obligation to, to play when they say play ball. And this are the rules. Everybody knows the rules going in. Uh, I got to be accountable to my boss that signs my checks and more importantly, accountable to my teammates that expect me to be in the lineup every day. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Uh, Wouldn't even be a factor. That being said, each man is his own individual. And and I'm going to respect their decisions as well. But for me, it's a no brainer. I don't even think twice about it. Let me ask you this. Hold on. Hold on, Dan. Go ahead. (laughs) Good, Brett. Good. Uh, yeah, I'm a baseball player. That's what I'm born to do. I, I, I play when I, when I'm told that the season starts. I'm there, it, rain or shine. Doesn't matter. Um, protect myself as good as I can. But this is this is my livelihood. It's what I do. As big league players, uh, we have a small window. You know, most of us have 10, 15 years to to play this game, and uh, I treasured that. And, and uh, when it was time to go, I, I was there. So this this isn't even on the radar for me, the individual. It's not even on the radar of a decision.
0: Question about this. Here's another one for you. And I, I understand it's, it's different because I have a, a pretty strong-willed wife. I don't make a lot of decisions without her. You were, ma- you were married definitely when you played. Would yeah. that have been a discussion you would need to have from her or would she just know that this is a decision that you don't get to make with me? Is there an actual discussion like, hey, hon, here's what's going on. Here's what they're laying out. I'm going.
1: Well, I I know.
0: How uh, does that work? How does that work? I mean, I don't even know how being, I don't even know no, how being married in a professional I, sport player know, would th- even I, do.
1: I think when you get married, there's a there's definitely um, kind of unwritten rules. Uh, as I, I handle the the baseball side of things, and I make those decisions. Of course, I would give the respect. I would sit down with my family, and my kids, and my wife, and and say, "What do you think?" Here's what I'm thinking. And they were, you know, during my career, I had pretty awesome support, and uh, it was pretty much what I you know, they they gave all the onus, put all the onus on me, and, and they and and they respected my opinion and and my choices enough to they'd know whatever I decided uh, that was how it was going to be i didn't strong arm anybody and say oh i'm doing this i just had very good support uh from a family standpoint so that wouldn't even have been an issue in my
0: opinion. well you come from a lineage of it so i'm pretty sure everybody in your from the guy's side that the guys who were playing are all saying you're playing this game i'm just wondering how it is from a i mean like i said i'm a radio guy i'm a husband and a lot of decisions you know i want to make on my own i'm like well i should probably Make sure everybody's OK with it. But as a baseball well, I player, you,
1: I think if I think if you want dinner on the table tomorrow, that you that's
0: smart. <laughs> let's just say <laughs> that, it, let's just say there's a pillow on that couch at all times for me. Just in case, yeah. Brett. just in case a lot of covid cases are starting to pop up. Not a lot, but in some areas, some teams are starting to get a couple of mini outbreaks, which is stirring the question of how long this season can go before we can even tackle whether or not this season is going to keep going. What do you make of those teams that are the ones that are getting busted and the ones that are getting the COVID-19 details are starting to come out that these players are going out and about and they're doing unnecessary things where they are putting themselves and their teams in harm's way. Where does that sit with you?
1: Well, my first thought is what are you thinking then, then reality sets in and I take a step back and I think if I was 25, 27 years old and, and making millions of dollars to, to play this game, uh, you know what decisions would uh, would I have made? It, it's easy to sit here at fifty and lived a few more years, been there, done that, uh, and and be that that guy that says, "How dare you?" But but I was in my twenties. I was a young man one time, and and uh, I can't really blame them that much. I think they went out and thought because a, a lot of times, and when you're playing Major League Baseball, you, you do feel a bit uh, it you feel almost bulletproof, like nothing can get to you. Uh, I think they're taking it serious now, you know, after testing positive and, and disrupting the, the flow of the season and having to quarantine. Uh, but some, sometimes, sometimes you have to get knocked down to realize that, no, this can affect you too. We're all human and, and nobody is, is, uh, not subject to this, especially, uh, testing positive. So, I think the teams that you've seen that took the real professional, uh, it, probably the more veteran teams, the guys that have been around a little bit that understand how important it is a little bit more. But as a young player, uh, I can't say that I didn't uh, – let's put it this way. I didn't do everything I was supposed to do all the time. But I think these players that, no. that made some decisions that – these decisions that seem so uh, inconsequential at the time when you're doing them, and now all of a sudden, here are, the, here are the consequences, and you're kind of looking at in the mirror at yourself, going, what was I thinking? Uh, you know, not a big deal, but but they realize now it is a big deal and to, and enabled uh, for this season to go on. You got to start behaving and really taking this serious.
0: You as a spectator, even a guy who played, if you were playing in the game right now and there was no fans and piped in sound on television, would that do anything to your psyche, or is that something you could just channel out within three seconds and just kind of... How, how does that affect you with no crowd? Is that a, is, does crowd ever come into effect? Because I've 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 had discussions with NFL players and football players and actual Hall of Famers about what crowd noise does. And for baseball players, if you guys are on a run, if you guys are in a slump, or if you guys are need a pick me up, you know that's when the organist gets on and does some things. But if there's nothing there, are you relying on that, or is that something you just channel out altogether?
1: Well, I think you know I played in in Tampa Bay. And, uh, I'm so sorry. There's, there's been some nights (laughs) where, you know, there's four or 5,000 in a, in a 40,000 arena. So it seems like there's nobody in there. I've been, i played a lot of games in Montreal, um, you know, in the late, in the late nineties and the early two thousands before they turned into the Washington nationals where you'd go to, to, uh, the stadium and that place seats 60,000, there'd be 3,800 in there. So you could hear. Everybody in that arena. So from a player's perspective, once you get into the box and you're locked in, I said it when there's 50,000 people screaming at me, I don't hear anybody. And, and I think it's, it's, you know, you reverse it, no people. I think it's the same thing. When I see a, uh, a pitcher on the mound trying to get me out, I have umpires behind me calling and balls and strikes, and I know this counts and it's going on the back of my bubblegum card. Major League Baseball players have have the ability to really lock in and uh, not let it affect him. I, I would be surprised right now if you asked the majority of these players, has there been an adjustment? Maybe a slight adjustment, but no big deal to them because this is what they do. And it's got four batch usually every night to get things done. And it doesn't matter who's in the crowd, who's not in the
0: crowd. As a media person and somebody who's been around the game myself, I've covered so many games I can't even... Describe how many games I've covered in my life. Baseball, basketball, football, whatever it be. I've, I've covered them all. What I've always found to be the most awkward thing in the world is the post-game media. When we get to go in the locker rooms, and I have never felt more of an invader of when I go into locker rooms and I see guys there, either they're naked, they're showering, they're all kind of dinged up, and we have to get around a player and smell the icy hot and ask you guys, Either you won the game, how happy are you? Or you lost the game, or you blew the game. What are your feelings about this? And I have to dodge people getting very angry at me. But I've always felt extremely uncomfortable with people with being in a locker room. Just because I know it's not right. <laughs> it doesn't feel right to be in a place where a guy's in his jockstrap. Or I, I got to wait for an hour. Some of the big players had to put on one earring at a time. And I was like, I wish there was like a podium. I wish there was like a neutral place where we could just meet you it can even be before you even walk in the locker room here's a podium tell me what you think so i can get the hell out of here as a player that has to also be a thing for you guys where you're like the last thing i want to do is go in my locker room get dressed and have 20 you know 20 people around my locker asking me if i if i blew this play how much nicer would it be right now to know that you wouldn't have to deal with that right now with covid 19
1: well i i I didn't really take that way i i Looked at it as it was a part of the job. And, and when I signed on the dotted line, I knew what I was signing up for. And I knew I was going to have to answer good questions and bad questions. Questions whether I was eight for my last ten and we just rattled off five in a row. Or I'm over for 21 and, and we lost six out of seven. I, I knew what I was going into. And I had a great rapport with the press. I'd love to give the press a hard time. Uh, but in the end uh it's their job it's your job as you were just explaining to me you felt very uncomfortable you didn't want to do it after the game i have i have no um, I, have,
0: I have no problem I'm sorry i mean interrupt you i have no problems interviewing i mean when the lights come on and the tv goes on but i'm like i always felt bad because guys were pretty much either naked half naked or you're sitting there waiting for them to get dressed and you're like i wish there was like a neutral place like where the managers go there's usually if you're in the home ballpark the home manager has an Actual area where you can go into and well and I think
1: I, I think Dan nowadays you, you've got uh you've got that. They've they've gone we we never used to have post game uh press conferences. I see right. now after every game the manager for each individual team comes out. That used to just be reserved for all star games in the postseason. Now yeah. you're doing it every day. So you're getting as much media as as the public wants. I mean they're they're as accessible today as they've ever been. I think the players are accessible as they've ever been. Now, it's up to the individual player. You know, I played with guys that would go, you know, hide in the, hide in the food room. And you know this very well, Dan. You can't go in the food room. That's nope. off limits to reporters. Well, I just felt like I, had, I, I was one of the main guys on that team. I had an obligation. And, and the press was very kind to me in most places I went to when things are going good. But I knew when things are going bad, that doesn't mean I go hide from the press. That's not what a man does. A man answers the bell. Good, bad, and different. And uh, the guys that step to the podium admit when they're wrong or, or hey, I'm struggling right now and this is the way it is and meets the press and not just come out for when things are all rosy and everything's going great. There's a different level of respect I have for that type of player. But getting back to today's game, I think they're so accessible. I, I see you know, people getting mic'd up during the game. I see managers getting interviewed in the seventh inning. And I just think, wow, this never happened when I was playing. It's a little but much if you now. Think about it, but if you think about it from a fan's perspective and from a business perspective, how great is that PR for Major League Baseball? Fantastic. I mean, getting to getting to talk to the manager in the seventh inning when he's about to make a big pitching change in the in the game three of the NLCS, I mean, that's awesome stuff for a fan. And I think as players and as coaches and as managers, I think to grow the game and to and to show the game in the most positive light as you possibly can, I think it's nothing but a good thing. I used to they used to come to me and say, Can we mic you up for this game for batting practice for whatever? I used to kind of shun it like I don't want to be mic'd up. But now thinking about it, you know, as as I've been out of the game for a while what a great opportunity to really promote the game of baseball and bring it into the living rooms for people that maybe don't go to many games or, or don't get to see behind that curtain. I think it's a great thing. I think it's awesome for, for the game, the game itself to grow the game. And I've said it, for a long time now i i I think a bit differently than i did as a player it's all about the fans the fans is what makes you and what makes this game and the more you can bring in the more you can attract i think the better for the game of
0: baseball why is it that some players you're different you're this is this i abstain you from this because you actually knew how to participate with the media you understood the value of the media if you get on the wrong side of the media you could very easily find your way out of that ball club But for those who actually found themselves in good graces with the media, even when they had bad games, all of a sudden found themselves getting jersey sales, getting endorsements and becoming more of household names. And instead of just being just a random guy on a random team, you are now a guy that people wanted to come out and see. How come some people get that and some people don't? That was always something to me where I was always like, how come this player doesn't understand that I really want to help this guy be a cool guy?
1: Well, I think you treat people how you want to be treated, and and it doesn't mean you can't. Uh, you know, Dan, if you came in the locker room, I'd probably bust your balls like they'd never been busted. But that, but that would be. <laughs> but my you way did of it. You right. did it. I bet you. Did you? I bet you a couple but that, times. But that was my way of saying you're all right with me. Uh, I never looked at it from promoting myself to if if I'm good with the media, boy, I'm going to get these deals, and they're going to make me a bigger name than than I should be. I never looked at it that way. I looked at it. It it was my job to to these guys are going to be around. The better I do, the more they're going to be at my locker. So it was a good thing when a lot of people were coming to my locker. Now, sometimes, you know, you have a great year and the next year maybe isn't going so well. And those guys are still at at, at your (laughs) locker because they want to know why you suck. And and I'm here to tell you, uh, those aren't very fun times. But you, you develop a rapport with the media. So, you know, I got to a point, especially in my Seattle days, where I knew everybody, you know, very well. And and they'd give me the respect to some nights I'd say, guys, you know, can I take a night off? And and they'd all because I answered the bell night in and night out, they'd say, Sure, Booney. And and it was always a, a posi- in a positive way. I think you treat people uh the way you the way you want to be treated. And in the end, I found that when when I was going through a tough time, uh I was respectfully critiqued in the paper, respectfully critiqued on TV, um, not bludgeoned. And um,
0: well, there is there's there's even more of a reason for that, and I'm pretty sure you can see that now because you're stepping more on the media side. But nine times out of ten, you can't find a lot of guys in the locker room that are good sound bites. There are so many guys that media people have to walk to the microphone and lead the horse to the water and make sure they're drinking it. And then there are some players that you can go to with instant sound bites, instant knowledge. And I can grab, I can go to Brett Boone and you can be my story for the night. And that was awesome because a lot of these guys sit around for however long a nine inning game is going to be sometimes extra innings. And believe me, we all want to get the hell out of there just like you do. And I can see it on players faces. I want to be my family. I want to do this. So for all the players that are watching this, just know that we're just trying to go to people, get our couple of quotes and get out of there. And if somebody wants to right. give us something that we didn't know was coming and there's a real good soundbite, we'll take it. But if there's a solid guy like you, where I can go up to you go Brad, what do you think? What is your focus? You know, give me, you know, rattle off the decent questions and you give me the answers I need to put on the radio or put it in paper. And it was that's all I wanted.
1: Yeah, I've got a job to do. I just did my job. I just played nine but also after the game you have a job to do. Right. Let me make your job easy. Let's have a good rapport. Don't get me wrong. It's like my relationship with umpires. Uh, I want to have a good rapport with an umpire. That pitch on the black, I want that to be called a ball when I'm hit. I don't want it to be called a <laughs> strike. How do I get to that end game? How do you do well, that? I might want to be buddies with, with these umpires and not be a jerk. Same with the media. Why do I, I've got to deal with you. You're going to fly with me. You're going to follow me. These beat writers you are going to follow me city to city. I've got to deal with you all year let's have a good relationship. So so when things are tough, you know, the headlines isn't Boone stinks. The headlines is hey, Boone's scuffing a little bit but looking looking to come out of it. Give you know, me a the, with the positive spin.
0: Give me a key on how to become a good buddy with an umpire. They look like to be a pretty tight fraternity.
1: First, thing, hey, you know, I used to have this with Joe West and and uh, I'd walk to the plate and I'd say, What's up, fat ass? And he'd look at me and goes, you know, he'd call me short or something like that. And and I really like Joe. We'd both laugh at each other, but I'll tell you, uh, that was our way of saying, Hey Joe, how you doing today? Hey, Booney, nice day out. Have a good game. That was our way of doing it in, in a weird way. Going out at second base and and talking to that guy at second base and talking to him about where he's going to dinner tonight. Because I know in two days he's going to be behind the plate calling balls and strikes. Wow, so, and little things like that. In in the end, most of these guys are really good guys anyway. But but uh, if I'm out there, I played the game. I want to I want to be buddies with these umpires. I want that close pitch. I want any edge I can get. And it starts with that opening game in the series. That umpire at second base. Well, because if- in two nights he's going to be at home plate, and the guy on the second day that's at second. That's at second base. Two nights from now, he's going to be behind home plate. So the better the rapport, and and I'm not saying these guys had integrity for the most part, Uh, and they're going to call balls and strikes how they see them, but who doesn't want a little bit of an advantage when you can get it?
0: If you want to be friends out there with Brett Boone, you can find him on Twitter at at the boone 29 or if you want to make friends with me and talk trash to me, I'm good with a good ball busting. I'm Dan Levy at Base On Air. You've been listening to the Boone Podcast. If you guys want to listen to more, feel free to subscribe, share with all your friends, tell everybody about it. If you have anything you want to ask, Brett, the guy's an open book. As you can see, I'm a fan. I'm I'm not a statistician. I'm not an analyst. I'm just a guy who loves the game, and I love hearing Brett talk about the inner workings of it. And if you're like me, you want to do more of it, reach out to the guy, at the boon 29 on Twitter. He will respond to you. Brett, you got anything to say to everybody before we get out of here?
1: I got nothing. Hey, I got dinner to go to. <laughs>
0: Actually, I want to know about that. Good I, job,
1: Dan. Hey, it, and your your volume's perfect this time.
0: Perfect. <laughs> I can't. I, I, like I to, have a booming like voice. I can't help me it. And,
1: and speak really loud, but we're, we're getting cohesive here. <laughs>
0: hey, when it comes to batting practice, you can hit farther than I can. When it comes to a voice, God gave me a different a different talent. Love you guys. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. See ya.